How are drought and heat waves impacting countries' economies? And how does an opioid case impact fossil fuel litigations? Welcome to the Climate Recap from the Becosphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hogue, a science writer. Today is Friday, August 19th. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. We have a ton of extreme weather events today. In Africa, at least eight people were killed by wildfires across the mountainous parts of Algeria. The firefighters there are still trying to put it out. Global Forest Watch reports that the amount of tree cover lost to wildfires globally has about doubled over the last 20 years. New data produced by this report helps scientists distinguish between the forest cover loss caused by wildfires and forest cover loss by agriculture-associated deforestation, logging, or intentional burns. From fire to water, we move to New Zealand, which is on its third day of torrential rainfall. Hundreds in the northern and western parts of the countries have had to evacuate due to flooding. There's currently an atmospheric river sitting over New Zealand, causing this unusually wet weather. The northern part of the South Island saw 11.8 inches, or over 300 millimeters, of rain in a 24-hour period. On August 15th, China ordered factories in the Sichuan province to close until tomorrow due to increased air conditioning to combat the heat waves draining the electric grid. This impacts companies like Intel, Toyota, Volkswagen, Tesla's battery supplier Cattle, and Apple's supplier Foxconn Technology. These factory shutdowns are causing further supply chain crunches for the clean energy industry, which gets most of its polysilicon for solar panels and lithium for batteries from the Sichuan province. Prices are expected to go up. China saw its worst heat wave in 60 years as the temperature spiked to 104 degrees Fahrenheit or 40 degrees Celsius in several cities. Some cities in the south have reached 113 degrees Fahrenheit or 45 degrees Celsius. The finance minister recently announced about $44 million to go towards impacted communities. Increased energy demand isn't the only reason why China's electricity grid is struggling. The Yangtze River, a huge source of hydropower, is dwindling fast. Sichuan heavily relies on hydropower to run its factories. This will unfortunately increase reliance on coal. The Three Gorges Dam upstream said it will discharge more water in the coming days to help the situation. Hubei in central China said 40,000 acres of crops have been damaged by the heat wave and drought. Authorities there say they will seed clouds to induce rainfall in the area. Cloud seeding is a geoengineering method that is growing in popularity to be used in instances like these. Francis Loire River, which is home to the country's famous castles, has reached new record lows. People can practically walk from one side of the river to the other. Some towns in southern France are starting to order water deliveries via truck to cope. Two dams have had to release their water to keep the river from stopping its flow entirely, but those dams were put there to provide water to cool four nuclear power plants. These four plants provide about a fifth of France's energy supply. France's nuclear supply is already drained by technical issues and drought in other regions, so if it has to close one more, it will put a huge strain on not just the country, but the continent. In Serbia, the navigating channel of Danube River, which is Eastern Europe's longest river, is drying up rapidly too. This part flows through Serbia's second largest city, and the city has begun dredging the place to keep the river navigable. The drought is hurting coal shipments to the area, just like in Germany along the Rhine River. Though Serbia is extra reliant on coal, with it accounting for two-thirds of its energy generation while it only accounts for about a quarter of Germany's energy mix. 
Serbia's state-run utility company says it's seen a 27% drop in hydropower supply. Hydropower is the second largest energy source for the country, making up 30% of its energy generation. Serbia's neighbor Bosnia is also struggling with hydropower output drops. Yesterday, I talked about how Arizona, Nevada, and Mexico will be the only places to receive Colorado River water cutbacks this time around. Well, how much of their supply is being cut back? Arizona will see its water supply shrink by a fifth, Nevada by 8%, and Mexico by 7%. Yeah, Arizona's pissed. Meanwhile, California is urging residents to use less electricity as the grid gets strained by another heat wave. Part of Northern California reached 110 degrees Fahrenheit or 43 degrees Celsius on Wednesday. I have two climate victories today, but I'm going to say one now and one at the end. On Wednesday, a U.S. appeals court ruled against the injunction that keeps the Biden administration from pausing oil and gas leasing, saying it doesn't make it clear what the administration is allowed to do and not allowed to do. Now it's back to the lower courts. This decision doesn't weigh in on whether Biden should be allowed to pause those leases, but this is still an interesting development. I'm not sure it'll do much because the new climate bill requires the federal government to hold oil and gas lease sales. That thought brings us to the climate fails. Australia-based Santos and Spain-based Repsol announced that they will invest $2.6 billion in developing a major oil field on Alaska's North Slope. They expect this to cover the initial phase of developing the Pika field and to have 800,000 barrels of oil come from this field daily by 2026. I don't see an emissions estimate for this project yet, but I'm sure we'll hear about it soon. Meanwhile, the landmark opioid decision earlier July that rejected efforts of three opioid distributors to pay for the addiction crisis is now being used by fossil fuel companies to boost their defense against local governments seeking damage costs for the impact of climate change. Seneco LP's lawyers have already asked a Hawaiian state court to dismiss a court filing made by Maui County against the fossil fuel company over climate change, and their argument cited the opioid decision. The opioid case sided with manufacturers because the judge did not think it properly raised a nuisance claim. So now Seneco is saying the same thing is true about the Maui climate case, which not only targets Seneco but 19 other oil companies. The Maui case is one of nearly two dozen liability cases this new defense could kneecap. These cities want fossil fuel companies to be forced to pay for building climate resilience after deceiving the public about the crisis for decades. The environmental lawyers will argue that the opioid case and this climate case are two different things, and they say they are unfazed by this new development. And over on the climate adaptation side, FEMA's recent flood insurance overhaul seems to have backfired. Last October, FEMA tried to remake the National Flood Insurance Program to reflect a more accurate picture of current risk. This has resulted in many people's rates going up, though, and since then, about 9% of insurance holders, or more than 425,000 people, have dropped their flood insurance. Now, the rates rising could be one of many reasons why people drop their policies, like there's also inflation and housing crisis right now, but this is bad timing because flood occurrences are growing. Due to the increased federal rates, insurance companies have begun picking up the slack by offering their own flood insurance policies, which is something they've avoided doing for decades. If you're on YouTube, let me know in the comments what you think of flood insurance becoming a more private sector thing. Let's go back to the fossil fuel fails. 
A recent study published in the state of Global Air tried to fill in some blanks about nitrogen oxide emissions. Nitrogen oxide, which comes from burning coal, is less studied than air pollutants, which come usually from heavy industry. It is not a greenhouse gas, that's nitrous oxide. I think I might have said the wrong thing before, so apologies for the confusion. Nitrogen oxide doesn't kill as many people as particle pollution, but it can cause asthma and other respiratory illnesses too. The worst exposed cities from least bad to bad are Beijing, China, St. Petersburg, Russia, Tehran, Iran, Moscow, Russia, and Shanghai, China. China has worked hard to drop air pollutants, with 18 out of the top 20 cities with the steepest air pollution declines being in China. But now they gotta look at NO2 emissions, which again are mainly from burning coal. Just another reason why we have to move away from coal. Meanwhile, living near fracking sites leads to a higher rate of childhood leukemia, according to a new study from the Yale School of Public Health. The researchers looked at Pennsylvania communities that were located within a mile of fracking sites and saw that pregnant women living that close to sites were nearly three times as likely to birth babies with leukemia. In other words, out of the 2,500 children whose records they reviewed, 400 ended up being diagnosed with leukemia. That's horrible. Pennsylvania has roughly 13,000 unconventional gas wells that have led to more than 1,000 spills, 5,000 violations, and 4,000 complaints for residents from 2005 to 2014. Pennsylvania law currently allows for fracking to occur within 500 feet, or 152 meters, of a private residence. The researchers suggest this minimum distance should be increased. Okay, we have one more climate victory to finish off the day. New climate risk disclosure rules are about to take effect in Hong Kong tomorrow for fund managers overseeing at least $1 billion. Fund managers overseeing less than $1 billion have until November 20th to start disclosing their climate risk. And this group is struggling because they don't have as much money to track that kind of data. Some smaller managers say it's worth paying for it though because they think that the transparency will bring in more customers looking for ESG assets. And that was your climate recap for Friday, August 19th. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Becosphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.